Welcome to The CrocCast, a podcast for peace studies conversations convened by the University of Notre Dame's Croc Institute for International Peace Studies, part of the Keough School of Global Affairs. My name is Anna Van Overberg, and I'm the Assistant Director for Academic Administration and Undergraduate Studies here at the Kroc Institute. In my role, I also serve as the advisor to the planning committee for the annual Notre Dame Student Peace Conference, which is an annual event organized by our undergraduate students for undergraduate and graduate students around North America and increasingly around the world. I'm very excited to be joined today by members of this year's planning committee, the 2021 Conference Steering Committee. And I am going to throw it to them to introduce themselves. Hello. My name is Horata Almesinia. I am majoring in political science, peace studies, and international development, and I'm from Botswana. Hi, I'm Grace Conroy. I am a junior, and I am a double marketing and peace studies major from Madison, Wisconsin. Hi, I'm Nick Clarizio. I am a sophomore, and I'm a double major in political science and French, as well as a supplementary in peace studies, and I'm from Chicago. Hi guys, my name is Connell Fagan. I'm a senior from Derry in Northern Ireland. I'm studying political science and peace studies. Great. Thank you all for being here. I'm very excited for our conversation today. And I think to start out with, maybe we'll start with with Connell and Garada, our two seniors on the committee. And, you know, if you could share with us why you were excited to join the conference planning committee this year. I mean, being seniors, you're almost through your time at Notre Dame. What made you want to get involved this year in this event? Well, my interest in the conference actually started my first year. That's when I found out about it. And it was really interesting. I had attended Croc events before, but nothing student planned. And it was great. So I went back my sophomore year with a lot more interest because one of my friends was actually involved in it, Monica. So from there on, I was like, I really would love to attend this and be more involved in it. So I was planning on being involved in the 2020 Peace Conference, but then I studied abroad. So it just made sense that my senior year, I would get involved because I don't know if I'll get another chance to. Yeah, for me, when I took entry to Peace Studies with Professor George Lopez, who everyone knows is is one of the, the VIPs in the peace world, one of our parts of our class was that we would actually go to a lot of the Croc-sponsored events as well. And this sort of sparked that interest and in sort of being more involved, I guess, in, in the peace studies world. And one of my good friends who's on the cheerleading team as well, Caitlin Ackerman, had told me about the, the peace conference last year. So I thought coming up this senior way, it's almost a way of giving back to the Crock Institute for all the great memories that they've given me and, and the classes that I've had as well. So, and I couldn't think of a better group of people to do it with as well. So super excited for this year's conference. Nick, you're relatively new to the program, and this was something that you wanted to get involved in right away. So what made you, sort of as as someone who's new coming into the Peace Studies program, really excited to start off your time in the program with this event? Uh, As you mentioned, I'm new to the program, and more than that, I'm new to the university. Last year, I was interested in attending as a student at a different university. Of course, I wasn't possible due to the pandemic. So what immediately came to mind when I made my decision to commit to transferring to Notre Dame was that I wanted to play as much of a part in the program that factored so largely into my decision to transfer as I could. 
So when the opportunity came up to guide this conference with everybody else, uh, I just jumped at it and uh, it's been great thus far. Grace, how about you? What made you volunteer for this opportunity? Yeah, so I sort of did a lot of, as many of us did, reflecting sort of on myself and on the world during quarantine. And I was just finishing up my semester, taking my peace studies class. And I decided that that was something that had really sort of helped me approach the issues that were sort of going on in our world. And I sort of wanted to be able to give non-peace studies students those tools as well. And so I really wanted to get involved just to sort of be alongside my fellow peers as we all sort of approach these issues that are all wrestling with this. And also, I just wanted to be a part of a really incredible team that I know is going to put together an awesome conference. What do you think makes this particular conference being planned by students so unique? What, what about that is, is sort of an exciting and different opportunity than, than, say, another conference that you could go to or be involved in? Yeah, I think one of the things with it being a, a student like a conference is I think there can sometimes be a perception that between faculty and students, there sometimes can be a miscommunication or a mis, uh, mislink in a sense of what the students are actually passionate about or what sort of are the issues that they want to cover in a certain year. And I think this is great, but because I think that's one of the things with the crack faculty that we have compared to some other, you know, some other programs, maybe is, is the relationship between the faculty and the students is one that continues to grow every year. And I think it is a testament to the, the Crack Institute as the, the programs built out, you see the alumni network that we have. And I think that with this year's conference in particular, because it's virtual as well, I, I feel like it's it's going to be bigger than usual and there's going to be a lot more appeal to it. So I think this will just this will continue to show that when you have a student involvement, it sort of finds a, a great balance between the practical side of things, the theory side of things, and then also sort of the, the experience that both the students will bring to the table and then also as well the, the faculty members involved. Yeah, and also just to add on to that, one of the biggest fears I had my first year is I would have to study peace studies, finish, graduate, and then be able to be involved in the peace enterprise. And I think in seeing the Student Peace Conference, I recognized that as a student, I also had agency and I could participate in the peace process. And the Student Peace Conference was an exciting way to do that. And I saw it as the Kroc Institute saying, we trust our students to be able to pull something like this off and also inviting us to the table to say, oh no, even while you're still undergrads, it matters that you're involved in the issues of peace before you even graduate. Great. Thanks for those thoughtful responses. I think certainly on the the side of the Kroc Institute, we see it as a wonderful opportunity for you to sort of set, make decisions about what it is that you want to discuss and talk about with your peers. and, And that's something that you know, we continue to hope will be a particular strong part of this conference. So let's turn a little bit to the theme for this year's conference specifically. You guys have already chosen a theme beyond the surface, moving the needle on global peace. So could you talk a little bit about what this theme means and why you chose it? When we were considering or brainstorming what we wanted to give as a theme for the conference, we couldn't not give a lot of focus to the how widespread issues that usually fall under the peace studies umbrella become in the public sphere. So it began with us wanting our theme to convey the idea that we're not just re-raising these issues as 
as they are in the media, but we want to go beyond that. So that's where we got beyond the surface. And from there, we wanted to add a subline again, so that wasn't too general. And I believe Connell came up with uh, moving the needle because in going beyond the surface, we wanted to give new perspectives and take a new new approaches to these issues than just what is commonly raised. So maybe Connell can add to that. Yeah, for sure. I think Nick made a really good point there that I think a lot of these issues have been on the surface for a very long time as well. But even, you know, I'm sure Harata can attest to this as well, but a lot of the issues being international as well, this is probably the year when a lot of these issues, the process of self-actualization, I guess, of, of actually understanding what does it mean to have these issues in the US and, and how that plays out in society. And I think this term moving the needle has been one of the terms that I think has been most frequently at the forefront of sort of the peace studies discussions about how can we actually help move forward in a way that's going to be conducive and, and, and not just using this analogy of not just it being a band-aid, but more sort of going deeper and actually trying to restore a lot of broken hearts in the world. So I think beyond the surface as well, like sometimes when I think about this, I think about this year having been a stormy sea and sort of the waves being like very choppy and, and that's sort of how this year has felt. It's been the constant and relentless sort of wave after wave of, of things happening in the world. It's sort of, you start to question why these sorts of things happen. But I think when we look at this is that below the surface, there there's a lot of really incredible research and, and, and work being done by practical workers and, and you know, people within the, the, the peace world. So I think there's a way in which this sort of title encapsulates our thoughts and, on how 2020 has been and, and, and building off the back of last year's conference as well about 2020 vision. So. Also, to add on to that, I, like many of us, I think, have seen in our peers this like Connell said, the self-actualization. And a lot of people are just now starting to sort of see these issues come to light that they may have never learned about before or seen. And I've seen that in a lot of my peers. And so I think that going beneath the surface and talking about these issues, showing the research, actually giving people the tools to then be able to bring this into their own lives, I think is going to be really helpful because I think a lot of people like myself have been caught in, okay, I see these things that are going on in our world, but what can I do about it? Because I feel so small right now. And so I think that this conference is going to be really, really important for people that may not be in the peace studies field or want to make that change. Yeah, I was a bit hesitant and scared about coming up with the theme because of everything that was happening in the world. It felt like 2020 was the year when everything just decided to go downhill. And even in the past, we've had situations like that. So my fear was, will we be able to come up with a theme that recognizes that our world is going through a lot, but also leaves the space for people to understand that peace still needs to be the goal. Like global peace, we don't stop desiring peace just because everything is going haywire. And I think that's what our theme does. It shows that we recognize that there's a lot happening, but how do we keep on pushing? So could you elaborate? It sounds like you chose a theme that is broad enough to encapsulate everything that's been going on in the world and allows for a lot of space for students who are studying different topics and different things to to be a part of. So could you elaborate a little on some of the specific issues and topics that you hope will be covered under your theme and, and in some of the presentations? 
So just a couple of the topics that we were hoping to focus on were things such as structural violence, climate change, erosion of democracy, gender-based violence, racial justice, racial justice, nonviolent resistance, anything that falls under those topics and everything else, sort of like what we were saying with the theme, we think that there are so many issues that we need to go beneath the surface to talk about. And so those are just to name a few. Yeah, I think just on that point as well, I think Chris brought up earlier point is that I think this year we'll see a lot of really interesting submissions, particularly for a lot of people who may not necessarily have discovered their their sort of passion or their purpose within the field of peace studies. And again, I mean, when we look at this, I think when we take something such as the racial injustice that's that's been a huge part of this year and the, the narrative that's been presented is that I think it's, you know, a term we like to use a lot in peace studies is intersectionality. And I think this speaks to this year's conference is it's not just one thing that rises to the surface. We have to look at the root causes. Um, and I think when Grace talks about structural violence, I think this year we're going to say a lot of that is there's going to be a lot of overlap between the different areas of research that a lot of people have undertaken. And I think that, you know, moving forward as well, I, I think this again speaks to why peace studies is, is so important because it's not just focused on a singular topic. It's it's the overlap and the intersection of, of so many different so many different areas of study as well. So really excited to see what comes through this year. And I know it's gonna be uh gonna be a lot of really great reading. So uh, if I might add quickly to Connell's point of intersectionality, I think one of our largest goals, particularly once we decided that we're gonna host this online, is to make this as big and as open of a conference as possible which is why Grace mentioned that we're looking at these really big, grand structural topics. We're hoping to see a lot of submissions on that. And really, we're just looking to provide the largest forum for all sorts of people interested in peace studies, whether they're just getting introduced to it or whether they're experts. So one of the things that makes a virtual conference so exciting, as several of you have noted, is the ability for more people to be involved because it doesn't involve travel to a specific location. And over the past couple of years, we've been trying to increase the number of international participants at this conference. And so the virtual conference is going to allow for a lot of that. And I wonder if if you could talk a little bit about what you think that's going to bring to the conference and the ability for students around the world to connect with students studying in the U.S. on peace studies issues and what that adds that's different than in past years. Yeah, I, I, think, I think in a lot of ways, although 2020 has had major issues, the creation of online platforms and, and virtual learning, I think, has opened up a lot of opportunities for different perspectives and the connection between people to become even greater. And I think with this year as well, I think what we're going to find is we're probably going to have a, a lot more of the international applicants apply. And I think for me and Karata as, as internationals as well, it's always good seeing that as well. But I think this sort of speaks again, that is that what maybe one experience in the U.S. may not necessarily be the exact same experience somewhere else in the world. But I feel like there's a lot of overlap and a lot of similarities because when you take something like race in the U.S., race in the U.S. could be completely different to race in Northern Ireland or race in Botswana. And, and I think that's something that's, that's super important to consider is how can we learn from each other about ex- the experiences that we've had in our home countries and different cities around the world. So I think it's going to be super interesting having that sort of discussion uh, between the differences and the similarities that, that we share. Yeah, what has me excited about it going virtually is that we can include more people in the conversation that 
just being able to maybe come to South Bend would not have been possible. And I think for me, it was, it's especially exciting because there's a lot of people who I have conversations with in Botswana and also all around the African continent about what we desire for the continent or just peace and what that means. And I think, and I've been uh, in the group, in one of my group chats, I was like, there is a peace conference and I expect you to be there so that we can have a lively discussion about peace in a more structured form. Because I think the conference also will give us a good structure in, w- in which to have these conversations that we want to have. So I think in a nutshell, I'm just excited that we've now created an opportunity for you to attend wherever you are doing whatever it is. And I can't ask for a better conference in 2021. So what other challenges and opportunities do you think result from hosting a virtual event? Um, Obviously, it's a new format for this conference. It's a new format for a lot of us. And, you know, we've talked about the opportunity in terms of increased participation. Are there other opportunities that you see opened up by this particular format or challenges? What's going to be particularly challenging about trying to host a conference virtually? What's lost in that? Yeah, I think I think one of the most exciting things is sort of as we navigate this, thinking about our potential keynote speakers, which we're still working on at the minute. But I think the individuals who we we are thinking of and and potentially have lined up, I think will be a huge, huge asset to this conference. I think we'll just enrich it in so many different ways. And again, touching on an earlier point as well, I think the international perspective as well, I think it's going to open up a lot of different perspectives that haven't been presented before. I think in terms of the challenges, you know, I think with, with any conference these days, I think there's always going to be sort of that that worry about the, the technical side of things. But I know um, our crack team, shout out to Hannah and her amazing skills online. But I know this this conference will run smoothly and and I know we'll, we'll have the capacity to run it in the way that we want to as well. So, and I think with the crack, I think this is going to be the same every year with the crack conference is that it's going to be difficult deciding on which papers to let in and which ones we decide maybe not the right fit for the conference. And so I think that's going to be one of the biggest challenges is how can we put the best fit for this conference moving forward? So the ability to potentially expand the keynote speakers that you're considering is something that you feel is also opened up by the virtual virtual format? Yeah, I think so. I, I think for sure. I think that's something that obviously somebody if somebody doesn't have to fly halfway around the world and they're able to jump on a call, then I think in some ways that makes it more accessible for a lot of very important people who have a lot of stuff on their schedule. Obviously, students, we have a lot on schedules, but some of the, the people we have on our list are very, very busy people. So we want to be conscious of their time. So if we're able to make it happen, then I think it would be great. Also, just to bring up sort of one of the challenges that our team is working through is sort of, as most people know, like networking and fostering conversation can be harder over Zoom and over a digital platform. And so we are brainstorming lots and lots of ways to sort of keep people connected because, I mean, that's what this conference is about, is about that conversation and about bouncing ideas off of each other. And so we are trying to find really creative ways so that we can sort of have people working as a team and not feeling like this conference is something that they just have to sit and watch and not be able to participate in. Other challenges, opportunities? Yeah, I think one of the other challenges might be staying engaged when a conference is virtual instead of physical back in Notre Dame. 
because when you are in Notre Dame and you've come for the peace conference or you're attending it, you know that, oh, I'm moving from one session to the other. You're engaging, you're speaking to other people who are attending the conference in between sessions, but sometimes that might end up being somewhat lost in a virtual conference where you're home, so many things outside of that can happen. You can't control what happens around you just because you are at home. So I I think we've been particularly trying to be cognizant of how do we keep engagement up even though it's virtual. I think to that end too, we've also been looking at some asynchronous ideas so that although we have a date set and times set, we're playing around with ideas so that those people with very busy schedules or that can't just sit down and dedicate time to watch a presentation, have access to it going forward, especially because the issues won't just stop once we host the conference. So the research that will be presented and the ideas presented need to go forth too. Are you finding it exciting to work on a virtual event, to be sort of the part of the breaking this ground for this particular conference? Grace, I know you've done a lot of work in past internships on on sort of putting together virtual events and, and things. And I wonder, I mean, is it, is it exciting to be part of that or is it something that feels like a hurdle you have to get past? I think it's really exciting just because of the past opportunities that we have talked about. Also, just because I think that students are really wanting that engagement right now and wanting to be working together. And so just having that weekly meeting with my other co-chairs, like that's something that I look forward to just because it's a really small group of us that get to talk and just sort of, we come from all different walks of life, but this is something that we get to work together on. And I sort of want other people to feel that way. And so being able to host an event that can bring people together when our world is so divided right now. I think that is so exciting. And I think that we're all really proud to be a part of that. Yeah, I I think that's one of the things as well. I think even though it is virtual, I think the conversation is going to change. I think the narrative that's going to be presented is going to be similar to the one that that would be in person as well. Obviously, as, as Grace mentioned about the networking piece too, but I think the way this virtual conference, I think even for the, the Croc Institute as well, I think this will open up a lot of doors that may not necessarily have been explored before. And I think how our outreach and, and how we capture audiences and, and engage them, I think it opens up a lot of doors and a lot of possibilities. So I'm super excited for it. And I can't wait to see who's going to be uh, partaking this year. Could you talk a little bit more about the planning process and what's been the challenges of trying to plan an event of this size with multiple people involved and not being together on a campus space where you can meet consistently in person all of the time? I know you have been able to hold some safe in-person meetings um, occasionally, but tell me a little bit more about the planning process and, and what you've kind of gained from it, what's been challenging about just even thinking conceptually about what this conference should be. I think the first challenge has just been, as Grace mentioned, I am having the opportunity to work with an awesome group of people. And I think we're losing some of that deepening of a relationship of people, students who care about piecework that we could be having from just being able to plan this together. But another just... I don't know, there's, there is that really crucial element that has been lost because of not being able to just be in the same place, but it's also an opportunity that we're able to do this away from one another and still make it 
work. Scheduling has been somewhat of a difficulty, time zones, work and all that. But I think we're making it work, which I am super thankful for. Do you feel like you all work pretty well together? Is do you have you found it easy to be unified on things, or do you feel like differing strengths that you each bring to the table have made things challenging, or have they enriched the conversation? I feel like we've worked well together. I think one of the great things is is that we all have the different strengths who sort of contribute to the team, which I think has been a real asset and how we're continuing to build this out as well. You know, again it would be ideal if we were in person and, and especially, you know, if we had that constant input from faculty that potentially, you know, jumping in on one or two of the meetings in person always, always makes a big difference. But I think there's a way in which we all have different sort of areas of focus that we're super passionate about as well, which I think really adds to sort of broadening the perspective that we have, because I think when you have a more diverse perspective on things. It just enriches the conversation. So I think that the fact we're all coming from this from different angles, I think is it's been a huge bonus. So along with that, I think the fact that we really haven't found too many troubles in at least coming to uh, agreement on how to move forward demonstrates how unifying many of the topics we're treating have become. Like Connell mentioned, we all have very different we all have that peace studies bit of our background, but beyond that, we're pretty opposite, yet we don't really clash over what needs to be done or what we want to do. I think the overall idea and grand strategy has always been sort of obvious to us all as a group, and we just keep doing our bit individually to get towards that. So if you were speaking to other students, both students at Notre Dame and students around the country and around the world. And we're going to talk to them about why they should register and attend or why they should should submit to the conference. What would you tell them? I think something that I would tell them is that if any of the issues in the past year or the past 10 years that our world has dealt with has made you feel confused or sad or more importantly, empowered, then you should consider submitting your work or you should definitely consider signing up just because those emotions are really, really important. And those emotions are what are going to create change. And we need people who are interested and people, even people that have no clue where to start, have no idea, but have just felt something in response to what has been going on. I think that they should register and they should submit if they can. Yeah, I think for me, the first question is always, why not? Because I think this is one of the things, it's such an opportunity to collaborate with peers around the world who, you know, are doing some incredible research. And I think as well, you know, even if somebody isn't accepted as a presenter, I think attending as an observer and really understanding where other people are at, there could be new areas of interest that you hadn't explored yet. And then you might find some of this like, hey, actually, your work is very similar to my work. How can we collaborate in the future? Like, I think there's a way in which we're taking this conference. I think there's more to gain than there is not. Obviously, I know a lot of people have been spending a lot of time looking at the screen this year, which can be frustrating. But I promise you, this will be worth it. And I think what's going to come of this is, is really special. So really excited to see what pops up. Grata, Nick, anything to add? I know at first glance that the whole concept of a conference on peace or even just peace studies in general probably seems very idyllic to some people. 
even to those that are working on the ground to better these issues. And I don't think any one of us will disagree that it's not necessarily something to be achieved, but rather something to pursue and strive after. So I would just encourage anyone that is aware of the conference to just not be put off by any of the terminology or by the grand sounding ideas. Even our theme might sound kind of confusing, but that's okay because all the issues are confusing too. And we're not going to really sort them out if we don't come together. And I think any conference is a great opportunity for that, but that this one will be particularly something special for that. Yeah, I think it's going to be an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to engage in discussions that are happening and also to just see the piecework and piece research that's being done. Most importantly, it's going to be inspiring to just see students who are engaged in the peace process from different perspectives and different angles. And I always find that quite inspiring. So if you could speak to your faculty. So thinking a little bit about faculty, your faculty that you engage with in classes and mentorship and and faculty at other institutions, what can they do to help their students be prepared for this conference or to take advantage of this conference opportunity? Yeah, I think one of the things is to sort of engage with the students and, and see where their sort of interests lie. Because I know for a lot of people, I think the term research can sometimes seem like a very bold or very strong sort of word. But honestly, I think research, it's it's, what are you passionate about? I think that's what it comes down to as well. And I think there's a way that also students could potentially work on something over the semester that then this could sort of be like the capstone of the final project of a semester as well. So I think there's a way in which you can sort of mold this in such a way that it it fits the need of the student and the, the faculty or the mentor as well. So I think that's one of the things is for our students is is just to give it a go and and see where it takes them as well. And even if it if it doesn't work out in terms of the application this where this year and and you know being accepted as a presenter, I think for next year is something to build off and sort of using this year as a, a data collection point almost of of what other topics are sort of in this space. I would say one of the best things faculty members could do for their students, both regarding the conference and just in general, is to not just teach for the sake of getting the material across, but also showing the connections between the material of one subject area and the material of another. For example, not just taking the theory of a like political science course, but also showing how it goes into practice. And when you look at that for the conference, I find that particularly pertinent because sometimes students can just see their work as, oh, it just, it belongs in French studies or belongs in just environmental studies when really you can connect a lot of the ideas and a place like this conference is a perfect spot to bring that together. Yep. I completely agree with everything that everyone has said. I just think that the most important part is going to be encouragement. As Nick was saying, like sometimes students may not even realize that their work is so applicable to these topics. And we just want to really make sure that their professors and even their peers are encouraging other students to consider submitting, even if it takes a little bit of fine tuning for your work to sort of make it apply. We want to hear what students from all over are working on and how they're thinking, because I just think that 
bringing together different perspectives is what is going to help us climb further and further on solving these issues together. And so I think that just um, encouragement and support is really, really important from professors and peers. Is there anything else that you're looking forward to, particularly about this conference that we haven't discussed yet that you'd like to, to share with our listeners? It's somewhat vague, but I feel that after nearly nine months of uh, quarantining and dealing with the waves, as Connell uh, referred to everything that's occurred this year, that in a few more months we'll have this rather large product that at least personally I'll look back at and say that we did wonderful work together and there's an actual product. Um, A lot of times this year there's not many products coming of efforts. So that's personally what I look forward to. Yeah, I think as well, you know, I I think a lot of the narrative this year has been, I can't wait to get to the end of 2020. I can't wait till things go back to normal. But I think for us, I think this year has sort of been, I don't know, I I think as we mentioned earlier, I, I think it's been, it's raised consciousness of a lot of people. And I think if we were to return to, you know, quote unquote normal, then I think we want to learn from this year. And I think what I'm excited about anyway is to sort of see what people have learned from this year and sort of how they have educated themselves moving forward as well. I think if we hadn't learned anything from this year, I think we wouldn't be in a great place either. So I think this year has been a huge period of growth as well. And I think moving forward for the Croc Institute as well with the Peace Conference as well, I sort of think the sets precedent is to not you know, be too narrow and and the thinking of what's possible with this conference as well and and what it can do in the world. It may seem insignificant in some ways of, oh, this is just the Crack Institute doing this. But I think the reach that we have, I think really is special. And I think that we'll see this year as we're going to see growth in that. And that's something I'm super excited about that the the Crack family will extend far beyond uh, the 574 area code of, of South Bend. So... Something that I'm really excited about, just sort of going back to how each of us have different strengths, I'm really, really excited to see how this team of four pulls together this conference, just because usually in the past, it's two co-chairs, and now we have sort of four people on this committee, and I really, really believe that we all have different strengths, Um, and I think this year is going to be an important year for those. And so I'm really excited to see how our really strong team comes together to pull off this conference. Garada, how about you? Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where we go from here, because I think as Connell said, I'm hoping that we've all learned a lot from 2020 and the past years we've changed. There are so many things that have happened and I'm excited to see the form that the conference takes, having all of us gone through what we just went through as a world. And it would be wrong for me not to mention that I'm excited at the prospect of having the international community attend. Just the opportunity for people outside of the United States to be able to attend and engage in a much, a really important conversation about global peace is something I find exciting. So any last words? For anybody who's listening, I think it's just to really go for it. I think that's one of the things is, is to not hold back and sort of trust in your own ability that you've got some great work that you're doing as well. And, you know, think of this as a stepping stone as well. You know, this, this may not necessarily be the last presentation you ever give in your life, but I think it's sort of the next step in your, your career. And it's also an opportunity to 
to meet some really awesome people and, and collaborate potentially in the future with some really cool projects as well. So I think there's more to gain than there is to lose from this. So hopefully we'll be seeing you guys in April. Yeah, I remind everyone that submissions are open right now. And if you want to submit, now would be the chance. I, I know that it's for most people, I tend to leave things to last minute, but I think you would benefit a lot from just getting it out there and sent in. And we're really excited to receive them. Yeah, I just wanted to say thank you, Anna, for having us. This was really awesome. And I hope that it was informative for everyone else. And just to echo what everyone else said, we really, really encourage those submissions and to reach out to any of us if there are any questions. Nick, any last words? Just thank you to anyone who uh, tuned in to listen to it. And as Grace mentioned, feel free to reach out to us. The information's on our website and the email is monitor closely so we'll get back to you if you reach out great well thank you all for joining me today and a special thanks for your hard work in planning this conference it's a big undertaking to take on in addition to full course loads and job searches and internships and other activities that you have going on as a student so the croc institute is really proud of you and really appreciates your willingness to step up and be involved in hosting this event it's a big part of our program and it relies on students like you being willing to be a part of it For those of you listening who may want to learn more or consider submitting a proposal for presentations during the conference or later on when we open registration, registering to attend, you can visit sites.nd.edu slash PeaceCon to learn more about this year's gathering. You've been listening to the CrocCast. Peace Studies Conversations convened by the University of Notre Dame's Croc Institute for International Peace Studies. You can find all episodes of the CrocCast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, and online at croc.nd.edu podcast. You can also rate and review our show, which will help more people to find us. For more updates and stories from the Croc Institute, Follow us online on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. Thanks for listening.